The Creative Psychotherapist is the official podcast of the Creative Clinician's Corner, a practice-building resource for creative psychotherapists. TCP Podcast is the cast for creative, expressive, and experiential-focused psychotherapists curious to learn how to design, build, and scale a thriving private practice. Your host, Raina Lombardi, interviews successful therapists about the tools and strategies they have used to develop creative-focused practices. They also talk about the products, services, and side hustles they have developed, using their knowledge and creativity to enhance their therapy practices, make a greater impact in their communities, and diversify their income streams. Welcome. Now here's your host, Raina Lombardi. I'd like to introduce my next guest, Julie Corbin, licensed marriage and family therapist. She spent years leading troubled and urban teens on wilderness trips, facilitating awe-inspiring personal change along the way before becoming a counselor. After tiring of living in a tent, she obtained a master's in marriage and family counseling from Stetson University. She specializes in the treatment of trauma and working with families navigating divorce and holds an EMDR certification. She's been working in private practice for roughly a decade and has spent the past few years developing a niche in the area of mediation and parenting evaluations. That's going to be the topic of our discussion today. I hope you all enjoy it. Thank you, Julie, for being willing to talk to me about this. Thank you, Raina, for inviting me. No problem. So I think the, the first thing maybe we could talk about is what is mediation and what are parenting evaluations for people that don't okay. know? All right. Well, I'll start with mediation and mediation is considered an alternative dispute resolution. Uh, one way which our state Florida is actually advanced is in um, having a very formal process for um, helping people resolve legal conflicts without needing to go in front of a judge, go through the process. It's very time consuming and expensive to um, file motions, hearings, um, and resolve their issues through litigation and, and court orders. So um, the idea is that with mediation, people will be able to resolve their problems before they have to go that far. Um, well, so I, I, I do family mediation specifically, which is primarily mediating divorces or changes in a divorce agreement. Although, um, in theory, people could use family mediation for any purpose. They're trying to just, you know, their si adult siblings are having conflict over how to care for aging parents. Oh, wow. uh, not that okay. I've ever done a mediation like that, but it is certainly can be done. Okay. Um, yeah, mine I've never is primarily divorce. Yeah, I'm more familiar with the divorce just because I work a lot with kids too, and so you mm -hmm. hear about it more often. Um, but I could see how that would be really helpful, though, um, for caring for older um, parents and grandparents and things like that mm -hmm. too. And so what about the parenting evaluations? How does that work? Uh, I, this is something that, again, is kind of local to Florida, although parenting evaluations are done nationally and internationally. Uh, in Florida statute, there's a statute that allows licensed master's level counselors and psychologists to write something called a social investigation. And there are, in Florida, 20 different factors that determine 
where, how children should spend their time and how parents should make decisions for their children after divorce. And so the role of the evaluator is to go through all 20 of those factors and um, inform the judge about how the parents, um, where the child has lived and where the parents live now and how far they are from the school and what are their work times and are there psychological problems or health problems or substance abuse problems that could be a factor here in caring for the children and then to make recommendations for how, what is the best parenting plan for these children that's in their best interest after the divorce. Uh, so it sounds like a very comprehensive uh, process that you have to undertake. I, I call them exhaustive and extensive. So how long does it take to do one? I will say they typically run 40 to 50 hours of my time between uh, interviewing, I review documents, um, every court document ever filed regarding either party in any case. Um, you know, the court, um, or it's appointed by court order, it releases DCF records, school records, medical records, um, and uh, certainly any legal rec criminal records or police records for the purpose of getting a comprehensive picture. So reading the documents can actually be very time consuming too. The reports run about 40, 35 to 50 pages. They, well, let's say they start at about 35 or 40 pages and go up from there. Wow. So this is a very, very um, specialized service that you're providing here. And how did you learn about how to do that and get involved in that? Well, I've been pretty blessed along the way in that uh, my father is recently retired as a circuit court judge in Florida. He spent the majority of his time on family court. Um, he really promoted mediation and alternative dispute resolution because the, the dockets are so crowded. And um, he was frustrated at people would want him to make life-changing decisions, literally, after an hour's worth of testimony. And um, so at one point, you know, as I'm developing in my career, he'd mentioned, oh, you know, you're, you're qualified to do social investigations. I majored in journalism, so I was writing as an undergraduate, so writing is familiar to me. Um, and I'd previously written a similar report for the Department of Children and Families as a contract writer called a Comprehensive Behavioral Health Assessment. But that's for children who've recently been taken into foster care. Mm -hmm. But not those don't seem to be nearly as extensive as this parent evaluation no. that you're doing. No, those were usually about 20 hours at most and were probably 20 to 25 pages long. And so did you have to take any specialized additional training in order to be able to um, be somebody that the courts would assign this process to? Do you know, it's, it's uh, frightening to say no. Wow, okay. Um, I think my, there are, one should, and I've done many things to be qualified, which we can talk about later if you want. Yes, definitely. But, um, in the end, it's simply been a matter of um, putting my name out there. And uh, fortunately, because of the work I've been doing in the community and family law for the last 10 years, uh, beginning to be appointed in court orders to do so, mm -hmm. have my name put forth. The fact that we have a shortage of evaluators in the community doesn't hurt either. Okay. 
So I didn't realize that, but this is really my yeah. first time even learning about that aspect of it, um, how intensive it is. And so what about with the mediation process? What's the process of that? How did you become a mediator? And what's the time that you have to put in for those kinds of cases? The requirement is that you need to attend, again, and this, this, is, de this is determined by state, um, that you need to put in, a, you attend a 40-hour training um, only people, though, who are licensed therapists, licensed psychologists, attorneys, and um, a couple of other professions, doctors in general can be mediators. And I'm sorry, I have to, I'd actually have to look the details up beyond that. So you attend the 40-hour training, and then you need to do another, um, it works out to around five to eight observations or co-mediations, and it's considered a mentorship at which point you then are eligible to be certified by the state as a mediator in whatever field. I'm in, I do family court mediations. There are dependency mediations as well, which is for DCF and it's a separate training. There's um, circuit civil with, with um, you know, personal injury or, you know, county mediations like the, you know, the fence fell down and which neighbor's job is the fence and, and things like that. So they're all different specialties. Okay. Very interesting. And um, so how long of a process, if you go into a mediation, say you're going to help a family come up with um, their plan, what's mm -hmm. the process of that and how long does that take? Well, what I've been doing, I have a contract as an independent contractor with the um, clerk of courts and here, everybody who files for divorce or files any motion in family court, um, even if they're never married, it's paternity, or they want to change their plan, um, is they're automatically sent to mediation courts. Um, you can't get, in most circumstances, the details are very much attorney things, not their this mediator things. Uh, you wind up with a mediator first. So the county op operates a mediation center. And they just have contract mediators rotating through. And in that case, uh, it's a three-hour block mm -hmm. to meet, which is sometimes plenty of time and sometimes not nearly enough time. Um, I would say that if I'm mediating a full settlement agreement for a divorce, which involves you know, just dividing up the, the assets and the kids, uh, not dividing the kids, you know, and, but determining child support and where are the kids going to be at when and who's going to make decisions about them, how we don't have custody in Florida. That's why I'm avoiding that word. Um, that I would, I would like to have, I would think six to 10 hours, mm -hmm. not necessarily on the same day. Uh, there people do hire mediators privately as I'm building my experience and my reputation. I will be marketing my availability to do that too, at mm -hmm. which point mediations can take all day. They can go into the night. Um, you know, people like to tell war stories about how long their mediation was, or how maybe the attorneys or the, the mediator, you know, mm -hmm. got an agreement after a 10 hour mediation and things <laughs> like that. And so um, obviously adding these to the work that you're doing in practice, you're still, um, providing individual therapy services and still doing family therapy services in your practice. 
um, but you're adding these on, how do you divide the time? Because these two things really seem very time consuming. And if you had enough of those coming in, they could really take up the bulk of your week. Oh, easily if I let them. I think, you know, you've, you've asked the question that has been the question on my mind since I started doing this. I did my, originally did my mediator training in 2017, two years, two and a half years ago now, um, to, uh, you know, observe and do my mediation mentorship took me nearly a year just to get in those. I think I did eight because it was difficult to take the time out of my practice. Mm -hmm. and. Um, so what I've been doing is I guess attrition and I'm not willing to abandon care for my clients. I have a, you mentioned EMDR certified. I have a pretty intensive caseload and I've just kind of been not taking new people and waiting on people to finish therapy. Mm. So at this point I'm down to, um, about 15 to 20 clients a week on two to three days a week, Tuesdays and Thursdays. I do not book sessions. And I saved those for family law. Um, so I'm getting to the point where I can begin to see some light at the end of the tunnel. Um, because it's, it's hard to switch. They're slightly different. They're different modes. Yeah. Of thinking and acting and being. And it's hard to switch. Mine, so it's easier for me to have a therapy day. And then I have a family law day. Oh, that makes total sense, though. I feel the same way even about doing administrative stuff for the business. If I'm in with clients all day and I'm in that headspace, it's very difficult to transition into how am I organizing my schedule and what are these other tasks that need to get done? I have to schedule those on different days or different times. Um, it can't yes. be in the middle. Mondays are my practice therapy admin day, primarily. And, and then, then overflow can be whatever. It and then Wednesday be. and Thursday, you're seeing uh, cases at the practice. Wednesday or and Wednesday, Friday. Friday. Mm -hmm. So you have kind to of a To be honest, balance. I just pick them. I try. <laughs> I, I just picked them because at the time I had clients with standing appointments on Wednesdays and Fridays who I didn't want to move. We were, you know, pretty deep into some pretty heavy work and I knew their schedules. And I thought, well, I'll, I'll, then I'll just keep coming in Wednesdays and Fridays. I don't have to move them. Mm -hmm. You know, I think any, as any therapist would say, but they really emphasize with uh, trauma work that you need to balance your caseload yes. and be aware of how many clients of what different intensities and need you have on any given day and on your caseload. Absolutely. So that part I think comes naturally as, as be, has begun to be an automatic part of my thinking. Mm -hmm. And so how, um, what is the difference in what you're able to command fee wise for these other very, I think they're very specialized services that you're able to provide um, in comparison to yeah. treatment. Well, I mean, that's specialized too, but. It, it is. And although there's very little formal education required to do them well, has been the social investigation has felt like taking an extra class or two in graduate school. I am paying for supervision 
or and or consultation, whatever mm -hmm. you want to call it, with someone who's been doing these longer than I have. Uh, there are national standards that would say I should do that, and I need to be able to show when I get sued because somebody will not like my agreement. Mm -hmm. um, these are the things I've done for my education, and I guess I'm saying that to justify my fees because I'm starting out with the evaluations at $200 an hour, although the other person in town charges 250 mm -hmm. and it's not unheard of for evaluators in other parts of the state to charge more than that so there um, and then the mediations the uh, contract mediators are only paid a hundred dollars an hour only and i say that because a private mediator will typically be paid 150 to 200 an hour locally i hear of miami area mediators who command 350 400 an hour wow um, i with the with a you know the big shot like miami dolphins player divorces and things like that okay that's out of my league <laughs> i don't know that i'd ever be interested in being in that league to tell you the truth but but, but i, I think did my that's... mediator training over and, yeah. over there on the east coast mm -hmm. i was in boca raton on the east coast of florida and so I heard a lot of big numbers being thrown around in my training. It was a lot of, you know, Miami area attorneys. Well, I think that, it, you know, it's good to point out because every, everywhere we're practicing, what we're able to command is going to be different. Um, but it certainly seems like uh, these fees are substantially, are at least with the parenting evaluation, that is at a substantially higher um, rate than most therapists yeah. in town are charging. And it, I, I, one thing that's important to me is I, I work in an insurance-based practice. We don't accept Medicaid, but to be honest, Blue Cross pays less than Medicaid these days. And it's been part of my commitment that I really like working with police officers and teachers and people who, middle-class people who know to work hard and things aren't gonna work out perfectly. Mm -hmm. uh, they make great clients and but to do so of course my my hourly income from therapy is lower than it would be if I were entirely self-pay yeah and you know in a way I think uh, after Blue Cross cut our rates 25% about two years ago and that was when I started looking to do something else in a way to subsidize my therapy practice yeah no I, I think it's really helpful when um, when we think about building a uh, profitable and stable practice to support ourselves, having different streams of income and um, different ways of practicing. So if one thing isn't picking up, maybe the other thing can keep mm -hmm. us going. Um, mm -hmm. Or if you lose contracts with certain insurance companies, like I have one that they're just not renewing and so it's being picked up by another insurance company so I have to terminate with a lot of clients over that that's gonna mm -hmm. adjust you know yeah. so having the two things is great yeah. yeah I think the other thing you'll notice the timing is when Donald Trump was elected I thought well there goes the insurance marketplace I think was concerned about what uh, mental health will cover, what will be covered by insurance once if Obamacare is repealed, the Mental Health Parity Act is repealed, and insurance companies won't be required to cover mental health anymore. Yeah. 
under federal law. Hasn't happened yet, but just seemed like multiple income streams would be a good idea. Yeah, that's definitely a concern um, if your practice is all insurance-based. And, and I'm not trying to be political at all, just really recognizing how. What are the factors, the mm -hmm. bigger picture factors that affect our businesses? Absolutely. I think we have to be conscious about what's going on politically because um, that governs what we're able to do. Yes. So, if other people were interested in going down this road of um, being willing to participate in the court system and do mediation or do parenting evaluations, what would be some recommendations that you would have for somebody interested in adding this into their wheelhouse for their practice? I would say first to familiarize yourself with your state laws, who can be certified as a mediator? Um, and then how does the process work? How do people get to mediation? And then coming back to politics, the reason that the mediation is such a big field here is because Florida as a state promotes it because our, our circuit, you know, the five counties that we're in for the judges orders everybody to mediation. Right? And so I would think in a different state where that's not the case, that there wouldn't be such a need for mediators and not that you people, you can't get out and make a case for mediation, but that you'd have to sell it harder mm -hmm. to help people understand the benefit. So, and so I would really say to look, look at your state and local laws, practices, um, and then really educate yourself on if it looks like a direction you want to go, uh, figure out ways to really educate yourself on the law, uh, under knowing, you know, what, what does a divorce agreement or a, you know, custody plan or whatever it's called where you live, what does that look like? And what are the options for it? Uh, Florida has, it, it pretty as a, in the laws are very open on, on online. They're easy to read. You can find them easily. Mm -hmm. You know, read through the statutes and understand what you're looking at. I joined some, I think, professional organizations. Uh, their value just can't be um, overstated. We, we have a local uh, family law group that consists of, uh, we call them all the family law types, attorneys who specialize in family law and also mental health types because we have so many different licensing designations, they just call us mental health types, who, who work in family law, accountants and financial types, who you know, will help with complicated divorces, dividing up a family business, things like that, sure. um, which, can, which can be really pretty extensive. I can um, imagine. And so I've been, in that, I've been in that group for about 10 years now, and that's been really helpful, just attending their lunches and their continuing ed seminars and just learning. You have to, this is, as you point out, like this, is, there is another knowledge base that comes together. And um, I won't say that being a therapist isn't, especially a family therapist, isn't incredibly helpful in mediating. Because it, it really is. And I can see the difference in how I mediate and other therapists mediate compared to how attorneys mediate. Oh, I would imagine. A big difference. <laughs> I don't. Yeah, there's a there's a big difference. Um, People don't believe me, and I say, well, sometimes it's kind of divorce mediation is a bit like marriage counseling. Um, mm -hmm. You know, okay, wait, listen, 
take notes. You'll get your turn. Okay, you were saying, <laughs> you know, um, although if there's too much of that in marriage counseling, maybe they should, you know, it's not necessarily a good sign. Yeah. So investigate what the state and local laws are and really get comfortable understanding how your state works according to these processes. Um, and so lots of education there. Joining a professional organization that specializes in family law. How, did, how would one find something like that in their locale? Was, did somebody point you in that direction? I would, well, yes. I mean, I think it was, um, actually as a graduate student, I attended a conference of some sort. It was a Florida Counseling Association conference or something like that in Orlando and some of the leaders in our, in our local community and family law were doing a presentation on exactly what you're interviewing me on right now. Oh, wow. And I walked up to them afterwards and said, hi, I'm from Fort Myers. And they were um, in this community because we, there are so few mental health types who are willing to specialize in this. We are so open to help. We are so open to helping new people start. Um, we, we, there's too much business for us to be competitive, um, too much need. And so that was how, you know, I just went to a conference. There is a national organization called the um, Association of Family and Conciliation Courts, maybe conciliatory courts. It's called the AFCC. And they're the, they're the resource bank. They have their gu- they have their guidelines on there for ethic. They're all the ethical guidelines, um, court involved mediation, court involved therapy, parent evaluations, evaluations in the case of domestic violence. Um, that they're the ones who set the standards. They're the ones who you point to and you refer to if people challenge your process. And if, of course, you should be following their process. They they do have state chapters, and I believe every state has them so you could definitely look at joining the AFCC or at least look at their website and see what resources they have out there yeah I'm going to put their website in the show notes uh, it's afcc.org perfect and I I would just google family law in your community Mm -hmm. see what comes up mediation in the name of your town and just see what comes up and once somebody decides to add this to their practice, what have you found to be most helpful in terms of marketing such a specialized service? Attorneys. Um, these are not, I mean, there are people who offer private mediations pre-suit you know, before anybody files anything. And I, I, I want to start doing those. You know, sometimes couple decide they want to get divorced. They want to sit down, work out their plan, and then just file it without attorneys. It's definitely the most cost-effective way to go. But the vast majority of mediations are really attorneys select them. And so knowing attorneys, marketing to attorneys, or the same thing goes with evaluations. I mean, nobody's going to just this isn't something to a divorcing couple is just going to decide to do. This is right. going to be something that they can't make a decision. There's usually pretty critical factors going on. And they're thinking that despite the expense of this evaluation, it's a lot cheaper than litigating. <laughs> um, 
and going to court over and over and over again to get try to get some plan recommended by a judge. Sure. I mean, that's why I was asking, because it doesn't sound like it's something that a parent would just say, oh, I'm going to look for this specialized thing and have an evaluation done. It sounds like more um, recommended. Yeah. So yeah, it's, it's, so it's more networking with other professionals. Excellent. Any other uh, thoughts you'd care to share on this topic of if people were interested in adding this into their practice? I'm just, you know, throwing again the importance of support of other professionals. I, I wouldn't be doing this if um, I hadn't run into those, you know, Dr. Silver and Dr. Silver, mm -hmm. give them that credit, at that conference 15 years ago. Um, and you know the willingness to just um, ask questions, ask for help, reach out to professionals in your field. This field is actually remarkably open. I attended a national conference for parenting evaluation. Oh wow! And well, they called them custody evaluations. We don't say that in Florida and um, San Diego. And even the the leaders, the ones who publish the best research, they they're so open. They answer emails. They, you know, you literally can just email them and say, hi, I want to start doing these. <laughs> what do you think I should do? Um, and maybe on a different level, even if somebody doesn't want to do family law, I think it's kind of looking at, well, what are my other skills? Mm -hmm. Where are my other connections? You know, um, my, dad, my dad was a family law judge. I spent 20 years having lunch with him after hearings. I've heard about a lot of family law. I've heard in detail. And right, you're laughing now because you've met my dad. You know how <laughs> much detail. <laughs> Sitting with him after a hearing, you can imagine how much detail I heard um, in, in this field. And not everybody has that, of course, but you have other things mm -hmm. that you don't realize you have because you're not thinking of them in that frame. How can I, how can I integrate this into my business? No, I love that. It's... Um... It's really about the creative, um, the creative part of the, of who we are, and coming up with well, what else can I do? I, I mean, yes, we're specializing in um, providing therapy services, but there's so much more that we can do um, that might not be just the traditional. I'm going to have a practice, and I'm just going to see 25 cases a week and do that, which is great too. Uh, but last last week I was looking at trying to juggle all these things and I thought wow I wish I was just seeing 25 people a week <laughs> but not really not really but it, you know it, it, it when you add different um and you know specialties it definitely mixes up the juggling a little bit more yeah for sure I, and I think it keeps you fresh you don't get bored you're challenged yep. um Mm -hmm. I know for me, that's really important. If I do the same thing every single yeah. day, it's not going to be a good thing. I need to have that diversity right. in how I'm structuring and my business. Me too. And I bring, I, I bring some of that into my therapy and then I bring my therapy into that work as well. Mm -hmm. um, and none of them would work, you know, so they, they all, I'm out of good words to describe it. I don't know. But, no, but it, it, it all integrates. It integrates really well. It integrates. There we go. Mm -hmm. That's the word. 
balances it out. So if people did want to reach out and they had more in-depth questions about how to um, get started in this field of mediation and parenting evaluations or whatever it may be called in their community, um, where could they find more information about you and reach out to you? Uh, I do therapy through IBOSS Counseling in Cape Coral, Florida. The, I'm on the website. My contact information's there. Um, and I guess you'll, maybe you'll put that in the show notes. Yes, I'll put the website in the show notes. And that's IBOSS, I-B-O-S, counseling.com. Mm -hmm. It is. It stands for Inner Belief, Outer Strength, for what it's worth. No, that is good to explain it. Because it's confusing if you don't know. <laughs> Agreed. Agreed. I'm a contractor in the practice. And um, well, I very much appreciate you taking the time and sharing about how this has been going in your practice and how you're using it to diversify your income and um, have a, a balanced, a balanced practice. Thanks for listening to this episode of The Creative Psychotherapist. If you like what you heard, please rate, review, and subscribe wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. For show notes, downloads, and additional resources, head over to the website at www.creativeclinicianscorner.com.